Today on the Girl Defined Podcast, we are talking about masturbation, porn, erotica, sexual struggles. Do they disappear when you get married? There is this assumption out there that marriage will solve all of the sexual struggles. It doesn't matter if you've been looking at porn for years and years as a single woman. And once you get married and your Prince Charming comes and you are just, then you are no longer going to struggle. And newsflash for every woman who is married or wants to be married, you know, deep in your heart, that is absolutely not True. Sexual struggles do not disappear just because Mr. Hottie comes in and whisks you off your feet, whips you off your feet, whisk, whatever. It doesn't disappear. And so we need to talk about how can we tackle these sexual struggles and not wait for a life season to change to cure them because it's not going to work. Let's dig in and let's figure out how to find freedom. What's up, sisterhood? It is Kristen and Bethany here. What's up? And I have a confession right off the bat. I literally thought that a lot of my sexual struggles would disappear when I got married. Because here's the deal. I remember like the culture that we were in, like we kind of grew up in. Like, yes, it was purity culture, which is like this big controversial thing now. Like what is purity culture? I'll drop the link to the episode we did. We talked all about it. Yeah. Purity culture. But in many ways, like there was this push of like, okay, the purity ring and saving sex for marriage and like a woman's identity is almost like found in her level of pureness and like the white dress at the wedding. And like, I remember feeling that like, wow, like my godliness is like totally tied to like my level of purity and the sexual struggles that I had wrestled with in singleness, I remember thinking like, okay, like once I get married, like all of these struggles, like the things in my mind that I'm struggling with, the lust, like it will go away because I can have sex. Once (laughs) you can get to that, which is almost like in purity culture, it was like the pinnacle of everything of like, once you get there, it's like you have reached the destination of life. Like you are on the other side of the aisle and now you can live. It's not like people were saying that out loud, but it was just like the mess messaging that's how it came across and you know how people personally interpreted it yeah like purity actually is biblical and sex is designed for marriage according to god's word and god gives us commands on keeping the marriage bed holy and guarding our thoughts and creating you know for him to create a pure heart these things are actually very biblical but we took them in purity culture i think to such an extreme that it became the emphasis was on like this is who you are yeah this is your identity this is the most important thing about you this is what it means to be a christian first and foremost Mm -hmm. and anything that falls short of that is like you're doomed you know forever and so i remember though struggling in my singleness which i share my whole journey in our book sex purity and the longings of a girl's heart which is an incredible read whether you're single or married wrestling with any sort of sexual struggle in singleness or marriage masturbation struggling with erotica a lot of these really popular romance novels that are coming out and you're like oh like they're so gripping and engaging but it's not really drawing my heart into a pure place like we address all of that in this book because god has a good plan for our sexual design and a lot of times we think of sexuality almost more like oh it's a man's issue like you know he's a sex obsessed but like us as christian women women in general god made us just as much as sexual beings as men and he has a good plan and purpose for that so just even understanding his design his intentionality how to embrace it rightly in singleness and in marriage is huge so i just cannot encourage you enough to grab a copy of sex purity and the longings of a girl's heart but in that i share how in my younger like teen years i was struggling with masturbation it was a very big struggle for me on a regular basis fueled by lustful Mm -hmm. thoughts and fantasies in my mind um there was nothing pure about it for me and how i was going about it um and it was a habitual sin Mm -hmm. something that i was stuck in that i couldn't find freedom from and nobody knew about it it was like 
triple top secret in my heart because I was so terrified of what anyone would think if they found out that me, this godly Christian woman raised in this godly family, like what if they found out that I struggle and like, like for sure my parents can never know. Right. And I remember as a teen girl wrestling with that and struggling and realizing like what's happening in my personal life that only like the Lord and I see is not honoring to him. I'm not walking in purity, but I didn't know Mm. how to find freedom from that. So that's kind of a whole nother story, but I share that to tell you by God's grace, I did eventually find freedom. And it started with bringing my sin Mm. into the light, confessing that sin, um, getting help, accountability, walking in truth, walking in the light, fueling my mind with scripture, changing my routines, um, all sorts of practical things, spiritual things, accountability things. Like it was a journey, but God did bring me to a place of freedom, which I'm so grateful for. But what I thought is that once I got married, all of those, like the fantasies, the lust, the struggles in my mind, that all of those things would 100% disappear, that they would never reappear, that I would never be tempted to yeah. lust after another man or think about, you know, a, a, sexual scene in my brain because now I've got my husband. Now I'm married and now everything will be fulfilled and I will get to experience this perfect sexual intimacy that I've been waiting my whole life to experience. But that wasn't the case. Hmm. And I think I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of you can relate to that. Whether you save sex for marriage or not, I think there is this assumption in Christian circles that when we get married, it's going to be the answer to automatically fix all of our sexual struggles. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that is just not the case, we know, is because sexual struggles are a matter of the heart. There is sin issue and you can't, like, circumstances don't change the heart. They might mask things for a little while. They might kind of change the circumstances for a little while. But unless there is a heart change, there's not an actual long-term that's change. Good. Say that again. Circumstances don't change the heart. You shocked me so much. I forgot what I said. That's why I said it for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, when it's like, say it again, it reminds me of like a big, like mega church pastor, like circumstances. I'm going to say it again. Circumstances. I'm going to say it one more time. (laughs) But it's really true. And now I know we're laughing and we're having a lot of fun right now, but I know this is a really, really sensitive subject. And I actually want to read, this is a comment that we got that I'm going to leave anonymous, but it's from a woman who follows Girl Define. And she said, for years, I've been secretly watching pornography. I know it's a sin and I don't want to do it anymore, but I don't have the courage to confess it. Deep down, I believe that my sin is too big for God's grace. I just don't know how to fight this battle or how to get rid of the lies that leave me feeling hopeless. And so we get it. Like sexual struggles are very, like they can feel so shameful and like, I can't tell anyone. I don't even think that God can love me or give me grace. Like they can feel so overwhelming. And so if you're sitting there watching or listening to this, you might be feeling like that. You might be feeling like nobody knows, or I just don't know how I'm going to find freedom. I could never tell anyone. This is my big secret. You might be married and be like, my husband doesn't even know what I'm struggling with, you know, or I've, I have this thing in my past and I've never told anyone. I mean, there are so many stories of married women where something happened in their past or they struggled with something in their past and they just kept it a secret and now they're married and it almost feels like, how could I ever tell him? Like, uh, you know, this is too much. Um, And so I get it. 
Like it is a really heavy, difficult topic. And that's one of the reasons we, we really want you to grab Sex Period in the Longings of a Girl's Heart, that book, because we want to take like a deep dive on this. Like this podcast and this conversation is going to be awesome, but we need to go a lot deeper mm-hmm. and we need to kind of start from the beginning and really work through this entire topic, working toward freedom and working toward a fullness and life like God designed. Um, and so grabbing a copy of Sex Purity and Longings of a Girl's Heart would be amazing. But first and foremost, we just want you to know like there is nothing in this entire world that is too big for God, that Jesus did not die for, that he does not offer grace and forgiveness yeah. for. I mean, that is the entire point of what Jesus did. It's for, for all of us who are completely undeserving of his grace, of his love. It's not something we earn. It's not something we get by being good enough. There are not like those who are like, oh, they they didn't quite need Jesus' death and, and resurrection. Why doesn't, you know, they were a little bit better. Like, no, at the foot of the cross, 100%, we all need Jesus. There we, aren't pure people yeah. and impure people, which is something we've said in the past. It's like we all, we all need his saving grace. And so don't believe the lie from Satan that you are just too far gone, that you are just, you know, that it's impossible for God to offer his grace. Like, no, that's the very reason Jesus came because he knows, he knows how lost we are. And also just know as much as you think you are the only one, whoever is whatever it is that you're struggling with, like I cannot tell you the amount of emails we've received, DMs, where like one of the first things is like, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. And we just are on this little island and we feel like nobody else. And then, you know, we are seeing the emails though. And so we're like, oh my goodness, she thinks she's the only one. She thinks she's the only one. She thinks, but there's a bunch of you. You all think you're the only ones. Um, And so having that, just that knowledge, knowing like one, you're not the only one, God's grace, like there's nothing beyond his grace. There's nothing beyond him. He says in scripture, like ask and I will. What's that passage in John? Um, First John, where it talks about forgiveness, like anything. What? Oh, First John 1, 9. Yeah, confess what, your sins. Yeah. What is that? What does if it say? If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yes, there's nothing. And it's <laughs> not like these, oh, not those sins, only, only these sins. Like, no, he, if you ask, he will forgive. Like he wants to extend his forgiveness to you. He wants that for you. So I just want to like hopefully offer that reassurance that we're not coming here as like the, the hammers, the holier than thou's or like, you're too far gone, girl. Like, no, we all need this in Jesus. And that's where both of us have gone for any, we all like struggle sexually in one way or another with some sort yeah. of struggle, you know, a lustful thought, erotica, masturbation, whatever, like at some point in our life, we will fall in this way. And so we have to know where we can turn to for life and hope and forgiveness and direction. Um, and so we find that in Christ ultimately. Yes. So I just want you to know that from yes. the start. And I want to share with you kind of the next part of my journey because I kind of left it hanging a little bit like, okay, so then you got married and then what happened yeah. like with your sexual struggles. But before I do, we actually have some free resources that we want to give you for sexual struggles specifically. And it doesn't matter if you're listening and you're single, if you're married, these are resources that are applicable for for just us as Christian women in general. So there's two resources that we created for sexual struggles. And one of them is on pornography. So if that is something, and this is a very robust, like this is our most robust resource, downloadable, free. We created this because we know so many women struggle with different forms of pornography, but they are, or even erotica. I would say like erotica is like a word word version of porn. It's like words that turn into porn in your brain. And so I think if you're struggling with that, this could be applicable as well, getting the pornography free downloadable. Um, But I think oftentimes we think, oh, those things are more of a man's issue, like a guy's lustful struggle. And I'm the only Christian woman who really struggles with porn. So therefore, I'm not telling anyone kind of like I thought with masturbation. I'm keeping it a secret. I'm not reaching out for help. I'm not looking for resources. But like Bethany said, we get so many DMs. We know there are many of us who struggle. And so we pray this resource can be a huge 
tool um, that God uses in your life to bring you to a place of freedom because the resources are filled with scripture and practical steps in digging into your own heart, your own life through the word and kind of guiding you on a path, like a helpful path toward freedom with God's help and grace, of course. So the pornography downloadable resource, just go to girldefined.com slash freedom girldefined.com slash freedom to get the free pornography resource. And then if you are just struggling with sexual temptation in general and you're like, it's just kind of an ongoing struggle. It's nothing super specific, you know, porn or erotica. It's just kind of like in my life, I would love to pursue a heart of purity as David prays in the Psalms, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. If that's your prayer, then this is a, it's called battling sexual temptation. It's a biblical toolkit for Christian girls. Just go to girldefined.com slash battle girldefined.com slash battle so we've got freedom and battle are the two words after girldefined.com you can get both of those if they would be a blessing to you i really encourage you to grab them again they're free i think they'll be really helpful Mm -hmm. so like i said i had my struggle with masturbation in singleness and even though i had found victory from that what i didn't realize is that there would still be consequences of the choices that I had made for years, of the sin that I was stuck in, there would still be consequences that would carry over into marriage that I was not expecting. And it really caught me off guard because like I said, I thought that once I got married, you know, and I I had my purity ring and I'm now entering this beautiful covenant of marriage that the intimacy between me and my husband and the things in my own heart would just be wholly devoted to the Lord and wholly focused on my husband exclusively. And I found myself at times, even in the midst of enjoying it, intimacy with my husband, wrestling with thoughts in my mind, things that were resurfacing from the years that I had struggled with masturbation, things that would fuel my lust-filled action before were now kind of creeping back into my mind and tempting me in these moments of intimacy with my husband. And I remember being totally caught off guard by that, totally shocked by that, not expecting that at all, and having to really wrestle with that and go before the Lord and like, oh, like what's happening? I didn't think this would be a struggle and praying and asking the Lord to take these thoughts away or asking him to help me take my thoughts captive, but it wasn't easy for me Mm -hmm. at all. And I remember wrestling like for months, like I should probably tell Zach and just like tell my husband I'm wrestling with this and get his prayers and his help. But I was honestly, even in that felt too ashamed because I thought, well, he's going to think like, oh, you know, what is he going to think? Is he going to think like I'm not enough for her or wow, like our intimacy isn't strong enough. Like, I don't know. You know, you have all these fears, which is why we don't take steps of obedience because fear holds us back. And I remember wrestling for months and months with this fear and continuing to struggle And then finally realizing the only way, like God uses us bringing our sin into the light, just like he did with my struggle with masturbation, bringing it into the light, confessing it not only to God, but bringing it into the light with another faithful believer. God uses the body of Christ to help us. People come alongside us and, you know, help us walk a path of freedom. And so I remember just knowing, like, I need to talk to Zach about this and I was still terrified. And so it's just, you know, if you're in a place where you're struggling with something or like you said, there's something from your past you've never told your husband, sexual struggles that you're wrestling with, maybe you've been secretly reading erotica and you know it's not helpful. It is not giving you, pursuing, you know, helping you have a heart of purity or intimacy with your husband. It's drawing you away from that. But you're like, what's he going to think of me if I tell him you're struggling with porn? Bring it into the light. That is my hugest encouragement to you right now. And so I just finally was like, I have to do this. Like, I'm terrified. I'm scared. I wasn't afraid like Zach was going to be mad or anything because he's very gracious and loving. It was just more like shame, I guess, and like embarrassment of like, oh, like I can't believe I'm struggling with this. Like, 
I mean, even that's pride. Like I'm a sinner. Of course I'm going to struggle with sin. So finally one night I just, I was like, Hey babe, can I talk to you about something? This is awkward for me. I don't even know how to bring this up, but I know I need to talk to you about this. And it was just like, I just had to like force myself to say the words because even then it was like, I don't even really want to say this. And he was so gracious when Mm. I shared and I said, I'm having these struggles in my mind. And you know, it, it's like hitting me sometimes when we're intimate and I don't like that, but I'm not really sure like how to overcome it. And so just like his graciousness in thanking me for like sharing, being honest with him, I think even that built trust in our marriage. Like she cares enough to fight for true intimacy within our marriage that she's willing to share things that are awkward and hard with me and invite me to come alongside of her and to like support her and pray for her in this. And so I think even for him, it was like, wow, like we really are in this together. And it it fueled intimacy mm. within our marriage, which was a really cool thing that God used even in the midst of that struggle. So long story short, God used that tremendously, just knowing that I had accountability. I said, hey, will you ask me periodically? Like I asked him point blank, like, will you ask me periodically? Like, hey, how's this going? How's your heart? And that has been huge too, just even knowing like my husband's going to mm. ask me. So not like a fearful thing, but just like knowing there's accountability ability there, like someone who cares, knowing he's praying for me. So in marriage, I think being transparent, bringing your sexual struggles, whether it's new or things you brought with you into marriage, confessing those to God and then being open with those things with your husband. um, I mean, for me, that was a huge way, like something huge that God used to help me find freedom from Mm -hmm. those struggles in marriage. And it can be hard to know how to go about that or how to like how much should you share? Because it's not always healthy to like, sure, you know, nitty gritty so I would really encourage you if you have something that's happened or something big in your past, honestly, I would really encourage you to reach out to a biblical counselor. You can go to biblicalcounseling.org. I've personally used them. They're absolutely amazing. We've been to a bunch of their conferences. All of my interactions with their counselors have been so incredible. And a lot of them are actually free. The counselor I saw was completely free because they view it as like a ministry to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to biblicalcounseling.com, sorry, not .com, biblicalcounseling.com, we actually have it linked in the podcast description. And then you just go to the menu. You can go to the search and you can actually just click find a counselor. You can look in your area. They're literally all over the world. And if there's not one in your area, you can actually do like Zoom counseling. And I would just really recommend that if there's something big, single or married, um, you know, even just taking that first step of reaching out to a counselor to even get wisdom from another woman who has just studied the scripture so much and is really equipped to help you with this of what specific steps to take forward. I think the short answer to everything that we've shared is that getting married will not solve your sexual struggles. And so really taking time and getting serious about working on them, whether you're single or married, is huge. So I'm just going to fly through a quick steps that you can take toward freedom, the journey toward freedom. But I want to encourage you, grab the PDF downloads that are free that we offered you. Grab a copy of Sex Period and the Longings of a Girl's Heart because that's really going to be like the most helpful tools in, in really helping you along this journey. But here are a few things you can do. One, pursue genuine repentance. Go out and look up First John 1 9, what we already talked about. If we sit, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness because God is so full of grace and mercy and forgiveness and he's willing to receive and forgive us as we seek him. Number two, we already talked about extensively bringing secret sins into the light. 
Number three, seek ongoing discipleship from a godly woman. Go to Going to that website, biblicalcounseling.com is going to be a great place where you can go. Even if you just need discipleship in this area, that's something that they can help you with and walk you through. Number four, make radical changes. Get serious. You know, ask people, like you were saying, for accountability, ask me point blank. Um, Getting really serious and changing, uh, changing things the way that they are. Don't just continue like blah, blah, blah. I hope it gets better, like a small hope and a dream. Like, no, actually make changes. Actually take steps toward changing your circumstances, changing your habits, um, inviting accountability and doing what you need to do, getting really serious about that. Those are just a few high-level points on how you can begin that journey toward freedom. Don't just live and expect a circumstance will change a heart issue. Mm -hmm. It won't. You have to address the heart issue ultimately, first and foremost, with repentance, bringing those sins into the light, seeking ongoing discipleship. Those things are going to be the most life-changing, but also the scariest to do. It can be so intimidating and so scary to do those things. In marriage, I think there is a something really important for us as Christian women to think about, and it's that God has designed the marriage to have a special and exclusive place for sexual intimacy. And I think in our society today, that is so sex-saturated and like anything goes and like everyone's looking at porn and it's like, oh, bring it into your marriage. It'll help cultivate more intimacy. Like we're getting terrible advice, like totally secular, unbiblical, not rooted in scripture. It's so important for us to remember that as Christian women in our marriages, we have to fight for genuine intimacy and purity. It is not something that's just going to happen to us because it goes against our flesh. Like our flesh, the devil, the our enemy, like our the arch enemy who's after each one of us, he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants nothing more than to break apart the godly intimacy that a husband and wife would share within the covenant of marriage because he knows that God designed marriage between a man and a woman to be a reflection of Christ in the church to ultimately be a mirror and point all of us back to the gospel of a loving God who pursues his people and a bride who joyfully responds to the groom like earthly marriage is a metaphor for the gospel for that incredible relationship and so of course the enemy wants to destroy that he wants to destroy that image destroy marriages, especially godly marriages that are pointing back to that. He wants to demolish that. Mm -hmm. And so he is after ripping apart marriages and the intimacy. So recognizing that, like, it's not just, oh, yeah, like intimacy, pursue purity in our marriage. Like there is an enemy actively attacking that. And so we have to be vigilant as the scripture talks about. We have to recognize, like when we see verses like Hebrews 13, 4, specifically commanding us, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulteress. Like God takes adultery so seriously in scripture because adultery within marriage is, it's like basically, I don't even know what the word is, but like the faithfulness that God has for his bride is the picture that God desires for us in Christian marriage to show with one another, the faithfulness of covenant keeping Mm -hmm. marriage. He's a covenant keeping God. And so adultery is breaking that covenant, right? Is is diminishing that picture of faithfulness and purity that God has with his people. It's diminished when it's not faithfully upheld within that covenant. And so the covenant of marriage is so important to God because the ultimate picture that it points back to. And so seeing verses like Hebrews 13, 4, let the marriage bed be held in honor among all, let it be undefiled. These are things that I personally think as in our generation of Christians that we need to take a lot more seriously, that we need to be Christian women who are fighting for mm. our marriages, who are fighting for openness, bringing sin into the light, praying for our husbands, praying for ourselves, 
doing our part to cultivate intimacy. We aren't responsible for our husband's choices, right? At the end of the day, each one of us in the marriage are responsible for the choices that we make. So please don't hear me say that you're bearing the burden of your husband's choices or sin, but we are responsible for our choices and for being faithful women of God, faithfully praying for our husbands, right? Like, Upheld, like upholding the marriage bed in our own hearts and in our own choices and walking in purity. And there's so many things that I think we're just getting really loose about, like things that we're willing, shows that we're willing to watch that are filled with nudity and sex and, you know, books that we're willing to read that are very stimulating sexually. And it gives us this thrill, this erotic thrill. And it's like, ooh, like a little thrill I'm not getting in my marriage. And we're not guarding ourselves. We're not seeing like that is defiling my marriage bed. That is coming in between the intimacy of me and my husband. Like that's not drawing me into deeper intimacy with him for God's glory. And I love what Dana Grush says. This is actually something we share in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. But Dana Grush has a lot of great things to say on sexuality, for marriage, and singleness. And she offers some really wise words. She says, I've been studying what God says about sexuality for 15 years. According to him, there is only one who should stimulate stimulate sexual desire in me my husband. Since that's God's plan for my sexual desire, anything other than my husband creating arousal in me would be missing the mark of God's intention. And I just think those words are so wise because like I said, there are so many things being marketed toward us as women specifically, um, especially in like the romantic erotic genre of reading, which is now currently, um, there are books that are selling number one above the Bible that are romance novels that are filled with eroticism and women are devouring these. And a lot of Christian women are too. Mm -hmm. So really pushing pause and saying, am I fueling a sexual appetite that isn't being fueled by my husband, the God given way for me to enjoy intimacy within relationship. It's not an ice supposed to be an isolated act, but a relational act, sexuality, like sexual um, oneness coming together is relational. Um, Am I getting my appetite elsewhere? So just wise words from Deanna and just a reminder for all of us, me included as a Christian woman, woman, are we fighting for purity in our marriage? Are we fighting for intimacy? Are we upholding our covenant with seriousness before the Lord? Are we seeking to worship God and glorify him in the way we're pursuing all of our sexual desires within marriage? Are they within the covenant, the bed of marriage that God has given, or are we going outside of those things thinking, it's no big deal. It's not that, you know, God doesn't really care. Like we as Christian women need to rethink these things and make sure that Mm -hmm. our heart is in line with God's heart. Mm -hmm. I'll just be totally honest. I want this conversation to continue, but our mom has our kids. And if we we don't go right now, we're going to be not keeping our word on what we said. People always wonder like, what do you, where are your kids? Because I have two little kids. She has two bigger boys. So her younger Christian is with our mom, Nana, and he calls her, he doesn't call her Nana. Babushka. Babushka. And then my, our mom has my two. And then her oldest, Caleb, is actually in the other room, homeschooling, doing math. Good work, Caleb. <laughs> so we have to go because we have to be back in like 10 minutes. But we gave you a bunch of steps for it, y'all. We gave you two free downloads, recommendation of Sex, Purity, and Longings. We are cheering for you. You can reach out to us through email or send us a DM. We'd love to connect with you and pray for you. Please leave a five-star review so more women can find this message and really find freedom in their own lives. We love you and we will see you next week.